And they can have my things when we're dead And we are back with another episode of The Boys Cast. First podcast exclusively for the boys. We've been on tour. The dogs have been out here. After one of the shows, um, a girl came with up to me and she was with her boyfriend. She goes, yeah, uh, the, the your podcast is only allowed boys. Like, am I allowed to listen to it? And naturally, I had to call my security, which had her removed from the premises, which is unfortunate because she bought a ticket. And I'm sorry, but you should know better even to ask that question. First podcast, exclusively for the boys. And pretty interesting. We've been having, uh, so I've been hitting the road on tour. And I've been doing tons of shows around here, too. And a lot of the stuff I've been doing... On the podcast, I've been trying to translate to bits, and I've had some some dingers, some things that have been uh, translating. I was, one of the articles I'm going to talk about right, in this, right off the bat, which is a Girl Guy article that sort of relates to my That's Their Culture sketch, which came out this week. But it's funny because I've been sort of saying that the idea that, you know, I, I, I even said, I said, listen, I think probably men are just better at math. But girls, on average, are smarter. And I said, if girls, if you're listening, an average is when you add up the amount of people and divide it by the amount. Add up the stuff and divide it by the amount of people. But the truth is, the, the difference is, both parties have their ways of explaining they're dumb. And girls just use their dumbness to get stuff so people think they're dumber. Guys will say that, oh, I'm just street smart, which means that guy is a moron. And girls will be like, oh, I'm emotionally intelligent, which means the girl is a basket of problems. But girls use their, like, stupidity more. And I do the same thing. So a lot of girls will be like, you know, have a fancy purse. And and they're, and they're like, I'm so stupid. Can you fix this for me? I don't know how to do anything. If you could just buy me stuff. And then they're kind of behind closed doors with their friends like, this idiot just bought me another Gucci bag. And I said, I do the exact same thing with, you know, girls be like, hey, can you uh, make dinner for me? And I'm like, what's a spoon? I'm sitting there. Would you like ketchup on your lettuce sandwich? That's the gist of how I do it. But the difference is men, I feel like, can be lied to less. So girls will, well, there's an article that I was watching and it was like, real men don't beat their wives. And it, that was the gist of it. They're, you know, real men, if you're real. But then the problem is, what they do is they, sh- the, the people that, you know, they're like, oh, you want to be like this, not a real man? And it's like Mike Tyson, uh, Charlie Sheen, all these, you know, some war machine from UFC and they show you all this stuff and they're like, what are you going to be not a real man? And then they would go, no, this is a real man. And they show Beto O'Rourke or a guy who looks like me. And you go, well, the actual scenario is those guys are badass. I have eyes, but oftentimes badass dudes get carried away and they need to control that problem. And that's what's actual scenario is. And so you need to spin it to us. You can't be like, actually, this Beto O'Rourke, that's a man. You have to be like, yeah, no, when when you're entering the badass guy territory, a lot of these people have problems, you know, that they need to control. And that is, that's more of what the truth is. Whereas girls, you can lie to them a little, you know, they'll accept lies. Like they'll be like, oh, this girl's so hot. Look at that. And they'll, yeah, she's beautiful. Whereas guys, you go, oh, this guy, 500 pounds. No one's going to be like commenting on that. You're a king. But with girls, like, oh, this is, you're a beautiful queen when she's not. 
And this, you know, because girls will believe stuff more. They'll believe things like this girl's hot when she's not or that he's not going to hit me again. <laughs> That's the gist of the difference. But I did this video that this week and I said that's their culture and that kind of came from an old joke where I was doing about Japan and a lot of uh, I would used to talk about this on stage but you know a lot of girls would be like someone will say oh I don't want my daughter to date a black guy or like hypothetically and someone would be like well, you know and then Japanese or, or, or actually it was more about immigrants where they go oh I don't uh, think we should have immig you know immigration as much here and people are like you're a Nazi and Japan's like we haven't had an immigrant in 10,000 years and their population's declining so they have people that are in their 60s and, and they're, they're trying to retire as their job as a garbage man and people are like oh we don't have a new you know enough new workforce to come in and the guy's like well I want to retire and they're like I guess we could bring in some Muslim immigrants and the guy's like no 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 I dig I dig I dig because he's a, a ditch digger I've been code switching what the job is but that was kind of where the joke came from and I did the, that's their culture and all the different things where it's like oh it's obviously fine if it's a different thing because it's you know that's their culture but I thought it was Found articles that was such a perfect example of that. And a lot of people, when I made the video, did, posted a lot more examples being like, you know, you should message how, uh, you know, in China they have the concentration camps uh, basically for the Uyghurs, <laughs> which I believe that's what they're called. But I thought, found two articles, which is just the funniest way that like we treat other cultures here than we treat our culture. So I saw, found this article and it says, which is hilarious. And if you guys have been keeping up, the Japan prime minister, based, he says the most crazy shit. He says, Japan, women are allowed to attend the ruling party's meetings as long as they keep quiet. <laughs> and this is an article by Sky News. And basically, they took the boys cast approach where they are allowed to be there. Their electrocution software works a little differently. But if you're in the meetings and they speak, then if there's an audible thing, it's the electrocution software is attached to decibels. If there's decibels coming out of their mouth, then they, they will be receiving the Japanese-style electrocution software. The Liberal Democratic Party propose, proposals will allow five female lawmakers to join the party's all-male board meetings as observers. So they weren't allowed to be in the meetings at all now. Which... Basically, I don't know if you know this, what's been going on in the Japan meetings. But before that, it was just a bunch of Japanese dudes just crushing sake, just talking about cheating on their wives. Just boy shit. The Japanese leading party meetings were straight up. They're playing flip cop, talking about all the Asian chicks they're smashing. Just having a blast. And they were like, you know, girls have got to come. You got to bring your younger brother, basically. We got to let some chicks in the room. And they're like, fine, but zip it up. The Liberal Democratic Party proposed they would allow the female members to look and then they submit any opinions they have afterwards. <laughs> Which, just in general, this is maybe one of the funniest articles read Because the gist of it is the Japanese, they released this like, pretty nice of us, right? <laughs> they, they said, you know what? We've taken your considerations. We're going to do this. You can submit your opinions after to a file which we will call the recycling bin, essentially, which that was an old thing that the the booker Ryan at Yuck Yucks used to say to the customers. He said, the comedy club, he said, you can submit your complaints and I will put it in our filing cabinet, a.k.a. the recycling bin, which I always thought was super funny. But 
They said it follows the resignation of the Tokyo Olympics organizing committee chief after he said, so this guy resigned after he said during an online meeting that women talk too much. (laughs) I mean, this article just in general is super objectively funny. But he said women talk too much. The 82-year-old said it is important to fully understand what kind of discussions are happening and take a look what it's all about. Because he thought when he was doing this meeting, that they were asking him the other way. Like, why did he do it? <laughs> he thought he was doing this press and they're like, so when you did this, you know, what was your reasoning? And he goes, I know, I know what you're thinking. They're going to yap too much. Listen, I, I'm just trying to listen to this discussion. <laughs> he said, they, you might understand, you know, you want to listen to the discussions that are happening. And I thought that I would just take a step forward. And they're like, no, no, no. We're asking why you wouldn't let them talk. And he goes, what? I mean, that's obvious. You can't let them talk. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> But he said, requiring female observers to remain... Oh, this is the article says. But requiring female observers at meetings to remain quiet has drawn fierce criticisms that the party is out of touch. This is... Yeah, because this was like him saying, you're welcome. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, also, they want to talk. He's like, you give these people an inch, they take a mile. I'm trying here. The former Japanese prime minister had initially refused to resign. Also, whenever you... That's always funny. I was having this conversation with someone. Then, like, yeah, and the person resigned from their job because of it. And you're like, no, they didn't resign. They were given the option to resign. Whenever someone resigns, it means they were fired. But they go, listen, we're firing you. But if you want, you can resign to, like, save face. And they say, when asked whether he truly believed if women talk too much, he replied... I don't listen to women that much lately, so I don't really know. (laughs) You imagine in a trillion years anyone here doing this. They said, do you believe that, that women talk too much? He goes, honestly, I'm not the guy to ask because I don't have women in my circle because they're not allowed to be there. So if you are able to find a politician that lets women, you know, yap in their ear, that would be a good person to ask. I've not been in the scenario where I would even know. And then, so, I'm not going to go too crazy into that detail, uh, that article. You're just, like, <laughs> pretty funny. But the funniest part is, so now, the opposite. Th- this is the kind of article in Japan. We're thinking that the women should be allowed to talk at meetings. In Canada, this is uh, what they wrote. Studies shows women-owned businesses are hit harder by the pandemic. And they're going to go into it. But out of the gates, you're always like you read these articles and you go, but they own the business. Women owned businesses are hit harder than the pandemic. But okay, women entrepreneurs, the whole gist is like women entrepreneurs. It's worse for them in the pandemic. But you're you. But so if if they're at someone else's company, then it's their fault. But if it's their company, how is that anyone else's fault? And again, this is one of those things where you go, yeah. If, if the women's businesses are set up, that they're the ones that are getting hit worse, all the more reason that they should be against lockdowns. This should be called, you can always, you can always watch these articles and you start out and it's, it's kind of like you want to be sympathetic because, you know, someone's like, you know, our businesses are all getting crushed and you're, you know, oh, that sucks, you know, but the problem is, you know, that the, their conclusion is that it's my fault. And you go, yeah, it's like your, you know, your girl coming home and be like, I got fired from my job. And you're like, oh my, you know, that's so crappy. Like, 
you know, do you want to, you know, let's go talk about it or whatever. And then you're trying to be sympathetic. Like, do you need anything? And then she's like, oh, uh, the reason I got fired is because you didn't support me enough. And you go, I am out of listening to this. I'm not going to take credit for this. I mean, yeah, it sucks. But as soon as, as soon as it starts, you start pointing blame all around to people that don't deserve it. You go, not listening anymore. And this is the case that they're building. Amanda Monday's business had just become profitable and hired its ninth staffer in the pandemic hit. Overnight, revenues at her drop-in co-working and childcare space in Toronto's East End fell to zero. And you're already like, yeah, a daycare business would be doing bad. And Danny, Danny, uh, my buddy Danny, he said that, uh, he I used to have an old joke where he said, yeah, one of the reasons that the men's businesses do better is because men start landscaping companies and women start cupcake stores. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, that's why you want to diversify, diversify, diversify. But whose fault is it that people pick different businesses? And it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. You go, yeah, women probably are more likely to start a childcare business or a cupcake store or a, a, uh, Yacht factory, for example, <laughs> a wine, a, a winery where you just go there and pay for them to wine. <laughs> but it's kind of like everything where the the gist is that everything should be redesigned because you it's sort of the same way it happens in like comedy and stuff like that, where it's like there's there's not really a perfect system for how to get popular. So they're like, we need a system. And then once you you know start a system someone starts something else like podcasting and they're like, okay, well we need a system for that. So then we can rig it. It's all like you. So women started their own businesses. They choose the things and there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to choose something that's less profitable, obviously the same as when you go to university, certain careers, if you want to take the classic gender studies, it's going to make less money than if you, you know, want to be an engineer. But then afterwards you're like, this is unfair that, you know, our business is doing worse. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you started <laughs> when you started a volatile business as opposed to a landscaping company. A study by FreshBooks said women-owned businesses across all industries are taking nearly twice as long to recover from the financial setbacks brought on by COVID-19 compared with businesses owned by men. Even industries that are normally women-dominated are now see- seeing male-owned businesses recovering significantly faster. If you make a slight tweak to these articles, they read like, men rule. (laughs) All of these articles, you can always switch them to, congratulations, men. Even in industries, even in the flower industry, even in the whining industry, the the grind and whining industry, men have been doing better than women. Men have done a great job to rebound. Congratulations, men. You'd think, you'd think at some point there'd be some type of a congratulations. Really good work. Staying afloat during the pandemic, even in the tough times, even in industries where women have a stronghold. Good work, boys. Hoof, hoof, hoof. There should be woofs at the end of this article. There's no question my business is suffering, she said. I'm torn between caring for my children and running a business. And there is no world in which I'm giving my business full attention. My focus will always be split between children and work. Yeah, I mean, that is the fundamental difference between a certain type of man that is, you know, a fucking shark that starts businesses 
and your average person and probably woman. And you go, there's a lot of people out there and that are more predominantly men that definitely 1,000% would give the business full attention and not do that much paying attention to their kids. I think they made 9,090s Christmas movies about that. The kid comes home. Dad, can we play catch for 15 seconds? And the dad goes, ugh. Do you know how much paperwork I have to do? Play catch with yourself. And the kid goes, okay, dad. And then at the end of it, the dad quits his job, comes home, plays catch with the son, and they live happily ever after. But they never really show three years after where the family's like living in a shack and they're broke now. And the dad's like, all jokes aside, like <laughs> that was a fun night, but now I don't have a job. And <laughs> everyone here seems to have pretty expensive tastes, including the missus. <laughs> who wanted me to choose both family time and the job. Certain be- It's all about like how much sacrifices are you willing to make? And the problem is, it's not that they don't, and it's not that certain people don't, because you could make, you're, you're more than welcome to live whatever life you want. You go, yeah, I'm going to focus on my family. Like, I'm not going to work a fucking trillion hours a day. For what? For what? So how many people have that attitude? For what? I'll, you know, I'll work a easiest job I can, make money, and then go skiing with my family and hang out, do whatever. But they go, well, no, they should also make the same amount of money. (laughs) Their businesses should be doing as good. They should be as successful as a comedian. You go, yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult. If you you want to spend, be like the perfect mother, spend a ton of time with your kids, you're like, yeah, that's difficult. So, yeah. But you want to make all those sacrifices with anything, whether it's going out for dinner with your friends. That's why I always I have this conversation with women so much. I go, you know, yeah, you're going to have to do a little less of that stuff. And they're like, well, I, I got I to see my mom twice a week. I got to hang out with my friends. You know, social time is very important. You go, okay. But th- don't complain. Then don't be like, why is my bit- things not doing as good? You're like, yeah. Right now, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I go, I go from one thing to another. I'm freaking, I'm on tour. I come back, I do this podcast. I'm doing these videos. Then I'm doing sponsorship videos. We're doing the thing for this movie. I'm like, yeah, this is probably not how to live. But I'm going to keep doing it because for some reason, the most important thing is to win or something. It's probably, you go, I think a lot of girls would go, what the, why? What would you do? Why would you ever do that? Cut out 30% of it. You'll be fine. I go, no, I don't want to. I'm going to do it this way. And then, but they go, no. You should, you should do it this way or we should be compensated for, like you want personality compensation. They essentially want to be sub, they want personality subsidization, leisure subsidies. It's like, well, I'm at a disadvantage because I enjoy my leisure time more. (laughs) I'd like to be paid. I think that the job should be paying me more and the government should be subsidizing my business. And you go, what? I have a disability where I really like hanging out with my family. And you go, it's, it should, maybe it shouldn't be glorified to do the other thing, but you don't get both. Yeah, it sucks. That's the way you can't, that's you only get one life and you only have 24 hours a day. Choose to spend them on your cupcake shop <laughs> or you choose to spend them, you know, making cupcakes for your family. <laughs> and they're also saying it's because of kids, which is always kind of like a funny argument because you go, you know, I know the end of, this article and you know all the in between parts the 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 gist of it is that it's because of sexism but it's like what are you actually proposing 
that, you know, I understand when you look at companies and government employees, you know, you can make the argument, you go, okay, women have kids more and, you, you know, they take care of them more. So we should have more maternity leave. And then you go and then you petition for the boss, but you go, but it's your own business. <laughs> this is like, you can't also, you know, you don't get to like call mom and dad when you started the thing. You go, yeah, maybe don't start a business and then find a place where... Or it's like, if you really want to be the person, you're like, I'm going to freaking take over the world and have a business, and you have like four kids and you're taking care of them, it's like, yeah, you're going to have to be like, you know what? Maybe I got to have a nanny. Maybe I have to call Fran Dresser. And now I have an extra 30 grand in my system if that's how I want to do it. Or when you go, what can we do about this? You go, you're so freaking right. You guys hit the nail on the head. It's so much harder to be a women entrepreneur with kids. So what we're going to do is change the divorce courts so the men get custody at least 50% of the time. <laughs> we're going to do you such a solid. You guys are so right that you have to take that burden. So all those divorce courts where like the girl sort of gets it every time. We're <laughs> There's just so many factors. There's a million factors that go into this. But you go, it's just so funny to me picking entrepreneurs where no one, it's no one's fault. You started a business. It's nobody is involved in this. And then to find someone to blame because it's doing worse. You go, this industry is worse because of sexism. And you go, I'll tell you who would have a different spin on this. The prime minister of Japan. I'd like to hear what the prime minister of Japan's take on why the women businesses are doing worse. <laughs> it sort of is. If I, was a, if I was just your average girl, which I think is already happening, that people are, it's already happening that I'm becoming your average girl. It's already happening that like chicks are getting fed up with this shit, but you're like, then 99%, you're like, stop yelling at everyone and making everyone annoyed with us. So you, like one small percentage that wants to do these things could make it easier, which is always what it boils down to. With everything, all these things make a few people's, you know, what are they going to do? Okay, girls should get more business loans because, you know, <laughs> their cupcakes aren't working. Then you go, okay. So that helps what? some small percentage of women that wants to be entrepreneurs or it encourages other people to be entrepreneurs when they should, they, the people that were doing it now should already, weren't even, didn't even really want to do it. What's the solution? The solution is people are different and they're going to organize themselves in different ways and that's okay. And they go, no, it's not, kind of not okay. So they say, a string of studies released over the past 11 months have found women are generally bearing more of the domestic burden from the pandemic. A trend that is having an impact on women's paid work. Yeah, it's tough to have a business when you have a ton of kids that you are in control of. You have to rearrange. It, it's like a, about rearranging your life around what you want and not what you want around your life. I think that's like such a key distinction for people that are successful. It's like, you know, I knew this guy that uh, he made a movie with me called uh, X Wins that he cast me in pretty funny actually because like he made it with all my crew and we went there and it was uh this this dude i talked about this a little on the patreon but this dude that that made prom night and some other things and he was like a french guy and then the two guys got in like a fist fight on set <laughs> like him and the producer but he he was like a realist he, he was he was like a real estate guy and he was like he wanted to build this real estate empire he had some cash and he bought one and he was doing this whole thing and by the end of it he had like 10 houses and he said he rearranged his whole life around it so he would rearrange his days so he could, uh, at night, you know, 
drive around and look for, you know, uh, real estate signs and try to get the first ones there. He made friends with all the people that do real estate. He married a real estate agent. So he he developed his entire network around this thing that he wanted to accomplish as opposed to being like, okay, I want to have five kids. I want to live here. I want to live here. And then being like, yeah, I think I want to, I think I want to start like a bit, you know, you do it the other way around. It's all freaking backwards for these people. Sort of, I did a video this week uh, that I'm going to come out next week, a street interview where I said that, because uh, a lot of people were talking about sex work and how they've been hurt by this. And I said, I got people to admit that <laughs> that it's been hurting the pimping industry. And don't you think the government should be subsidizing pimping? And there not there government overreach? Kind of going against like what I actually say. But there's government overreach in the pimping industry. Like if you look at it, you know, you have a situation where there's all these laws and government's telling the pimps how to treat their property. And do you, do you think that's going, oh, government overreach? And I got people to weigh in on uh, how the pandemic's affected the pimping industry. And they say, in the case of women-owned businesses, even while recovering, they were still falling flatly below the historical average. While men surpassed their historical average soon after the recovery began, said FreshBooks study. Good work, boys. I mean... Thank you for writing this article about how sweet we were. And they say in a presentation of the status of women's committee, the status of women committee, what a committee. <laughs> they just talk about blowjob techniques and what boys are cute. She said the female owned businesses tend to be newer and smaller and having are having a harder time recovering. For example, women owned businesses were less likely to be fully opened, fully staffed or doing normal sales. One of the problems is the women's businesses weren't open yet. It's always good when they have to get into the nitty gritty of like one of the re also uh, one of the reasons why the women's businesses weren't doing as good is because they've had not opened prior to the pandemic. Just a storefront. It was really it was just a plan on a napkin for a jewelry store. So I'm an entrepreneur, though. Definitely. It was a guy. It's like the guy that has like, oh, I have an idea for an app. And they go, oh, yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm an entrepreneur. What do you have? An idea for an app. I'm a girl. I have a business. Well, I haven't put up the website yet, but I'm in the process. I've I've subscribed to a Wix profile, so I'm about to pop that bad boy up. Why are they included in the study? That's the problem. The, the business wasn't open. Yeah, definitely. I can see how businesses that weren't open potentially might do better than new do worse during the pandemic that businesses had have been open during the pandemic. I have an idea for an app. <laughs> I actually do have a pretty fire idea. So this is, and this is, uh, I'm going to call it the Ryan Long app just so it's been patented. And if anyone makes apps, you know, reach out to me. We're going to get into production on this app pretty soon. I'm reaching out to my Silicon Valley boys. But when people tour, everywhere you go, the only way you see stuff, like, you know, a lot of people found out of my shows because I put the dates on YouTube, or maybe you listen to the podcast or Instagram, Twitter, but there isn't really like a central site. You go to people's website, but the truth is there should be a site where every, you know, artist, speaker, even, uh, you know, you could be, it could be you sports teams could be on this app. And what you could do is you go like their page 
and it's kind of like Tinder or Bumble or whatever, and that you like their page, and then you put your radius like 100 meters to your location, and then anytime that person's playing within 100 meters of your location, it gives you a buzz. So you'd be there and it'd be like, oh, you know, whatever, the Foo Fighters are playing here. If you <laughs> like the Foo Fighters, crappy band. The Foo Fighters are playing my area. You know, Ryan Long's, oh, he's 110 meters away, eh, or 110 miles away. I go, ah, that's a little far. You know, whatever it is. So that's the app. And it's exclusively that. That's the only thing it's for. Every person that performs is on the app. Everyone signs up to all the people that they like. And then it gives you a bump when they're going to be anywhere, depending on where you put your radius. And then you can swipe through your things too. So anyone's your town, you swipe through the events. And that's what I, and you can follow like, you know, it could be like companies that do parties. Maybe you're like, oh, I like this party company. I'm going to subscribe to their thing. So it's all events, basically like event bumble. That's my, and you could get, tell them like, you know, I want to know two weeks in advance and I know when, I want to know right when it's on sale. You get to pick all your statuses for each person. That's the app. I'm going to make it. So this is me documenting it right here. Then they say Martha McDonald, entrepreneur and economic, oh no, she's not. She's an economics professor in the Sobeys School of Business at St. Mary's University said, women-owned businesses are more likely to be in the service industries like retail, accommodation, and food for services and tourism. Yeah, that's probably basically it. But again, it is all the problems with everything. It's the, you know, and me and Kurt Metzger were talking about this a little bit, but it's this idea that everyone wants these jobs that don't have enough jobs And it's like, and their idea is like, let's make those jobs easier and let's make, you know, let's subsidize them more. Let's try to get more people in there. Let's make it easy. And you go, no, it's actually the opposite. The problem is too many people want to do it. If anything, it's too desirable. That's the last thing you want to do is try to make it easier to be that. What you want to do is discourage people from being that. Make it harder. Be like, yeah, this is not, this, this university course is really hard. Instead of being like, Oh, there's this job. There's a hundred jobs. Let's make this, make this program. This year. Like, literally, if you want to be a blogger, it should be a eight year course. So no one does it. And then <laughs> very small amount of bloggers. Cause right now, anyone who goes to school for anything blog related is coming out of school without a job. The reason why, you know, people want to be bloggers instead of landscapers is because a landscaping sucks and B some of these jobs, like whatever journalist, <laughs> comedian the music, there's a there was a perception that oh that'll be like cool you get cool points you get paid in everything other than money instead of getting you know oh we'll give you a raise you're like well we can't give you more money but however what we can give you is you know twitter followers you get every currency except for dollar value <laughs> also i did like doing the interview with kurt i, I think that i think that guy's so funny but it was funny that to me, just the different comments. You know how you always get the back-to-back, like, this guy rules, this guy sucks? There was, like, a few back-to-back being, like, like way better when it's just Ryan, and then the other guy being, like, oh, it's, I love when Ryan has someone to bounce stuff over or whatever. And you're just, like, you can't please everyone. You can't please anyone. So you just have to do what you think is funny. And I think that goes for all of the business stuff, which is always such the best advice. You go, listen, just, <laughs> just do what you like, and then hopefully there's enough people out there that kind of think like you. That's that's the everything, whatever you're making, whoever you are, even dating. It's like try to have a personality that's specific and then there'll be someone for it. Most people get married. Most even fat cows still get married. 
someone for everyone. Also, I think that there's certain people that I connect with, and one of them is uh, Kurt, because I feel like there's a certain breed of people, and I find him in the sa- in a similar vein of me, in that he's like, if you can get past the fact that we speak stupid and we probably have a- ADD, there's pretty good ideas there, and he's pretty funny, <laughs> or really funny, whatever. But it's kind of a, you know, that's kind of like, that's kind of how I see a certain type of pe- person. And and it's like that. I think that's why I kind of connect with them. I'm like, that guy kind of is like my type of humor. And they say, the evidence is quite clear. The women have been more likely to be affected by the home responsibilities during the pandemic than men. And also their business wasn't open. So there's like kind of a few things going on. One the pandemic, you know, they had to do more household chores. And the second being that the business had not been open. A lot of factors going on. I'm going to announce a few dates because, again, we're hitting the road. And I'm going to soon I'm going to announce like a big batch so it's easier to promote because it is hard when you're like, oh, I'm doing this weekend. And I'm like, okay, it's difficult. My app has not been uh, made yet. So it's difficult to get the word out to the people. But I'm going to be doing March 9th, Orlando, Florida, the Orlando Improv, March 10th. Tampa side splitters and my boy Danny Polishuk, the not so great, the fat boy Danny Polishuk's going to be on the road with me. I've been talking about some funny things too. I go, you know, there's um, I was talking about this on the podcast, but the idea that the gay actors, like you know how everyone's, they're like, oh, gay people should only be gay roles should only be played by gay people, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But no, who shouldn't be against that is straight actors should be like, yeah, I've been saying this forever. When they gave my character a season arc where I'm bukkake and guys, I'd be going, there's got to be a gay guy to do this. But they did. There was a rabbi that came out and he said that he thinks the vaccinations will make people gay. He said that the, (laughs) the corona vaccines making people gay, which is to me the most hilarious way to come out of the closet just like his wife walks in and he's sucking a dick. The vaccine. You think I talk to Bill Gates. If you got an issue, talk to the American government who freaking made me gay. So I was thinking that'd be funny to do a, a sketch of a gay rabbi. So I looked on Amazon and ordered a rabbi costume. And I was like, <laughs> pretty funny gay rabbi. And everything's very like, no, it's the vaccine. I mean, don't check my internet history. It's like, you know, it was like, all right, we've seen your brothel subscription uh, predates the vaccine. No, 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 that's, you know, that's from something else. Just walking around New York like, oh, I don't want to have to be sucking this dick. He's looking at gay porn like, ah, Bill Gates. <laughs> uh, it was fun to see people at the shows. And one funny thing is that you kind of even talking to a lot of people that follow me. And even when people see a lot of people send me, you know, messages and stuff like that. And that's one thing I do realize where I'm like, that the people that follow me aren't stupid, which is sort of a blessing and a curse <laughs> because I can't get away with that much. People send me articles and be like, oh, did you, that thing you're talking about, have you seen this? And it's like always like smarty pants stuff. <laughs> Even on the Patreon, like ever, it's all like people, you can tell the people that kind of follow me aren't stupid. So you go, some people you look at their fans, you know, and it's just like you go to the show and it's like a bunch of idiots. I've done, sh- I've done both. I go to shows where it's like people are dumb and you go, it's a certain type of humor. You go, oh, I can get away with anything here. Where it's like a lot of times the things I do, it's like I can't get away with anything. 
So it kind of keeps you on your toes, but it's sort of like, <laughs> I could use people following me that were like a tiny bit dumber. Because I'm, you know, because I'm so fucking loopy that I just get caught on all my, you know, bullshit because I'm stupid. But it kind of made me think uh, about like, so then what, I, you know, if I'm stupider, <laughs> what are you better at? And I think it's that you're good at putting things succinctly. And in a way you're like, um funny and understand people dynamics maybe better than other people are at least able to point them out but I was it made me think about like what does make the best comedians and I I came to what I thought was it somewhat of a conclusion and I because I'm always saying that with everyone it's never about you know I don't really believe in the word genius even though I probably use it sometimes I don't really believe in the, unless you're just a high 160 IQ, I think it's more certain people are like so suited for certain things. That's why certain people are suited for, you know, uh, more the way that Jordan Peterson talks about his personality test that he loves. The, the conservative person is more suited for running a company and maybe a more liberal minded person is suited for starting a company. And I think what is the person that makes the best stand up comic? And it probably applies to a few other things, too. But I think. It was like the perfect combination of critical thinking and abstract thinking. So I think that a lot of people that are really good at critical thinking aren't so good when it comes to sort of imagination and imagining. You kind of work in the lines and a lot of people that are, you know, work in the abstract. A lot of times you kind of end up with these sort of artist type personalities that, you know, they, their life's a mess and they, they can't look at anything rationally and they end up, you know, whatever, as a activist that's kind of brainwashed and all this stuff. And I think that that would be making the best, like, the best filmmakers, I think the best comedians, are the, a, a good mix of being able to critical, critically think and abstract think. Whereas probably in a lot of jobs you are, maybe are better suited for one. If you're just like straight up an artist, like drawing on a easel, yeah, I don't know how much critical thinking would help you. And certain jobs, if you're an engineer, eh, maybe if you're like an architect, you want some abstract thinking. But I think for a lot of jobs, like it's like problem solving, critical thinking, like there's not that much benefit to kind of having this like whimsical side of you. So that's what I came up with. If I was to say, make a graph of maybe what could be a, you know, a personality determination of who would be good at this. Also super funny is was making me laugh a lot. There, there's something like it's so crazy like that I think some of the, a lot of these jobs have changed so much because the world moves so quickly and there used to be you know the old thing was whether it's any job like it's all about like mining for gold right like you work forever to find out this one thing and everything shifted so much to like being consistently really good all the time. And there's obviously, you know, things were like that before, but especially in like the arts and certain entrepreneurial fields. I did the, when I did the, the woke priest video, one of the lines I said uh, that I had to take out, I go, you know, these people are more, you know, in the old religions, they were more concerned with taking down people like Howard Stern and Ozzy Osbourne and whatever. I think I left the Howard Stern line in, but this was a different one. And then I said in the new, they're more concerned with taking down. And then I listed off a bunch like, you know, whatever, Takashi 69, uh, Kid Rock, whatever. Just like any like 
uh, band that said st- said the wrong things, and I said uh, Marilyn Manson. That's what I said. The old that world, they're taking down guys like Marilyn Manson. And when I recorded that, then two days later, I edited it. So I recorded it. I edited it that night. Two days later, I woke up and the Marilyn Manson thing. I was like, oh, they tried to take down him too. So I had to take it out of my thing because it didn't make sense anymore. And it's like, that's how quickly you can literally film a video. And two days later, it's irrelevant. And it wasn't even supposed to be a topical reference. It's like so freaking quick. You just be like so on it all the time. I can remember, I feel like it was more generations. You know, there was always everyone's parents, oh, my day was different. But I feel like now it's like five years later and I'm 35. I've been, that's why anyone who's been alive long enough, you don't have to be alive 10 years to be like, holy shit, this changed a lot. Whereas if you go to the 80s to the 90s, it changed a bit from 10 years ago to now. It changed a lot. Like, I don't think there's a bigger period in time where it changed as much as and quickly as it has right now that'd be my opinion i remember like if i look back to when i was a kid and i look now i go there's some great i I was just thinking the other day because i went to virgin islands and i was taking this cab driver and they all try to scam you these cab drivers they go oh we'll charge you by the minute and then we get to the thing and it was like eight minutes and the guy's like 25 dollars, and you're like you motherfucker. <laughs> so you had to time them. You basically have to go like, okay, and the timer's starting, and we pop, pop it off the thing so the guy can't scam you because they're all their whole game is scamming tourists. But the when I was when I was uh, younger, my like probably my be- like my best friend and his stepbrother, who was also a close friend, they their his stepdad, who was the other guy's dad, he would pick us up blasted drunk and then he'd make us sit in the bed of the truck and then be swerving all over the road <laughs> I mean like 10 years old just in the truck just like holding on for dear life and you go and you would never even tell your parents it would just be like oh made it out alive and you go yeah that probably that shit wouldn't fly as much as kids these days I feel like that guy would be on blast on the internet one time we were at we went away to a cottage and then we went to a bar and we were like drinking, making these guys 20 met these guys. And the guy comes up, he goes, Oh, yo, we'll drive you guys home. We go, fuck it. Yeah. We get in this guy's car. Guys tuned the fuck up tuned. Like we should, you know, it was one of those things where people, Oh yeah. Well, fuck yeah. Free drive home. Let's get in. Guy's like swerving at the wheel. He's Ugh. And then he starts telling us, he goes, Last time, my brother actually died on this road from drunk driving. We go, what? This guy's drunk driving us home, and he tells us his brother died on the road that he's driving us from. This guy's going 100 miles an hour in friggin' swervy roads, like country roads where it's basically one. Like, if you do run into a car, you'd have to inch by each other. This guy's cooking. We're like, I can look back and go, that was crazy. That, that one wasn't a change. I'm sure that guy's still out there in the country just doing wild ass shit. Just fucking road pops, bud. But there's certain things where this is the most time it's ever changed. Anyone that's been alive for 10 years, I think always, especially now, it takes two political cycles to realize. And that's why a lot of these like 22 year olds or people that are, you know, in their 30s, but have only been paying attention to politics since Trump. It takes about two political cycles to kind of start realizing, oh, this shit's bullshit. 
none of these people, they're all lying to you. They all go back and forth, say the same thing, and then they go bomb a bunch of people in the Middle East. Give you your bullshit. Play the game. Oh, what's the fake stuff we can give you to not actually, you know, do anything good and we can keep giving our friends money, all the stuff. It takes two political cycles, I think. And most people, it's like they're already, you can even see people that like came online during Trump and then now with Biden, they're kind of already like, this guy's not good. And then, you know, when this whole thing wraps up, it'll go back to the other. I feel like a lot of those, any of those people that aren't stupid will kind of be like, ow, oh, this thing's fucking rigged, dude. <laughs> but if you only were, you know, started paying attention then. So I think that's a lot of people's problems is like, you need about 10 years in po- politics to sort of see how, how to sort of see how this game works. I watched um, Krista Leah's apology. If any of you guys saw, and a lot of people talked about this. So my point, I just, I wasn't going to do like a full, you know, run through of it. I had something else I want to talk about. I mean, obviously it was kind of funny how it was like low key bragging. (laughs) You know, he came out and he was just basically like, you know, I'm so sorry that I've been just smashing so much fucking puss, dude. My dick is, honestly, I needed this break because my dick was starting to hurt. It was just five, six chicks a night. He was one step away from being like, I smashed this chick. I smashed this, like showing pictures of like hot ass chicks, <laughs> hot fucking models and their hot Instagram models in their 25s. Like, yeah, I'm so sorry. When I went over to, I was on tour in Iowa and I smashed this supermodel. And mm, then uh, in my own city, my own city, I smashed these three girls in one night. And then lo and behold, you think that'd be enough? I went to San Jose the next night. Threesome with two fucking models. So there was a lot. It was a little braggy, but I, there was something that I once saw. Like, I kind of did what he was saying. You know, it's all publicity and it's all like, I'm sure that's the statement they came up with and whatever. And pretty good, probably, in terms of that stuff. But there is something to be said about. I was talking to Andrew Schultz about this and he was kind of like, it's, he's like, yeah, because I got girls before comedy. And I think a lot of people that kind of get successful. I seen a lot of people that just got a good job and they kind of, you know, maybe they were fat before they, and they, they just go fucking buck wild with women and it becomes this crazy addiction because they didn't get that out of their system. Right. So then, I mean, on Crystal Lee, I, I guess he was sort of a nerdy dude. Like I would have thought he probably was better with girls before, but allegedly not. He was kind of like, you know, I started getting pussy and ah. but I seen that so much times and I, I, me and my friends, all of us, you know, when you're fucking, mine happened young luckily enough that I think now it's like you know I kind of have I've tricked myself into the mentality that like pussy fucking the Drake thing like you want to get nothing done spend all your time on pussy but the question is so what do you do and this is where I think I differ from what everyone else is going to say you know how do you actually if you're the guy it's like it's a game that you can't win it's a video on this Bumble, you know, I was talking about that on stage. The guys that are just like, so I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> I'm just so tired. Just been nonstop on Bumble. Can barely hold down a job. I'm so tired. Just nonstop. It's an addiction. But how do you beat it? And what the what people will tell you, you know, now you need to replace it with family. You know what I mean? You need to love your family. You need to work on yourself so you don't have that hole to fill all that stuff, which is all false. It's bad advice. What you need is a new game that you can do that with. 
For me, that was a little bit stand up. For other people, it can be a little bit making money. This is what you do. If you're the person that's addicted to that shit, you, your thing is like, oh, change your personality so you're not an addict. No, no, no. Use that. Every good part of your personality isn't bad part of your personality. Use that to do something good. That's the only, that's the only real solution. If you're the guy that's like, I'm fucking just ever like your whole life, fucking I got head last night. Like that's your whole thing. Be that about making money. Be that about crypto. Be the crypto guy. And just indulge yourself and that your whole life's that. Go to sleep thinking about that instead. And then you just have you have a girl. That, that idea that you're gonna replace the thrill of trying to get all these girls and that whole that thing, you're gonna replace that with one? The, the stick with the old wife barrel you're not gonna do it you're just gonna sit there and be like why isn't this working you need a new thing for me stand up kind of became that and then I was able to you know think about this I even I'm just one thing is I'll tell you what the with the Instagram stuff everyone's like Instagram you're looking at this you're looking at this it's all that it's bad news and we all do it and I'm guilty as anybody I've sort of now I look at even the shows, I kind of like look at the ticket sales and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is bad still, but it's a healthier thing to be looking at. I got to think it's healthier to be like looking at my tickets and be like, okay, what can I do to there? And I think that's healthier than just like refreshing fucking likes. <laughs> so you take, you take your friggin' stupid degeneracy of the type of person that can't uh, do anything in moderation. And then you put it into something positive. Be the guy that works. The answer is not ever. Yo, you're chickle saw. Yeah, you just fucking, you, just one girl. Learn to love one girl. That's not going to do it. You need to be like that about frigging your job. And then you go, you leave the girl stuff behind. You go, you know, you got to, you got to keep your sexual desire up a little. You got to have sex with your wife or girl or whatever. You can't just be like, oh, I'm <laughs> completely out of the game. You know, you, you just be like, this becomes a thing. It's completely different from that other thing. You have your girl and then find that focus, put that fire somewhere else. In the back of your mind, you could always be like, you know what? If I ever do want to, if I ever do want to get back into that game, I can think of it like I'm actually helping. If I'm getting more successful and more money, staying with the girl, been in this, out of that game, if I ever do go back to it, I'm better positioned for sniz. That's the only way to have your brain, to have your brain wired in a way that that is helping you. There's a funny, I was kind of like, um, some people were talking about the idea that like, you know, it's it's interesting that like we all kind of, like it's, you know, I go on these podcasts and it's always like, you know, they want to, they want a lot of times I don't want to do it because they put me on and then they want to put like the headline of the article like Ryan Long destroys cancel culture and it's like not you know it's not the only thing we want to talk about we want to just make jokes and we want to do all this other stuff but and it is it's like we all you know it's this thing that we all like talk about and you're and I'm like fuck do I talk about this too much and you go the issue is we don't have fuck I don't want to talk about this we all got conscripted to this army. That's <laughs> what my friend Patrick said. He goes, we got conscripted to this friggin' army. 10 years ago, I'd be doing what Daniel Tosh is doing. Maybe I wouldn't do a clip show. I'd do something else. But you go, that's what a trajectory of a guy like me looked like then. You go, we had, we had no choice. There's this whole thing that's like against you. So you, what are you going to do? Bend over? 
So you like you got forced to. So it's not really like you want to. It's like that's the elephant in the room in all the scenarios. You go on stage and you're not going to mention the elephant in the room of the most biggest like phenomenon that's in culture that's happening to everyone in any facet of life. Of course you are. Sort of seems like these people, I thought I was thinking this. It's like one of the things that they want is like a monopoly on not being racist. A lot of these people are kind of like, we have the only anecdote for people that aren't racist. So like we're the not racist. We have a monopoly. So it's like anyone who disagrees with us is racist. And if you want to the crown of not being racist, you need to like come subscribe to our things and you go, no, that's not true. <laughs> plenty of people are your side of racist. Plenty of the others, not racist. You don't have a monopoly on not being racist. And I think a lot of times when you can kind of like isolate those little factors kind of helps because then, you know, someone's talking to you about, well, this guy's, you, you don't have a monopoly on not being racist. Like you don't, you don't own the patent <laughs> on not being racist. You know, I was talking about this on the Patreon a little bit more with Chris, if you want to check it out. I had Chris from Brooklyn. He came to Philadelphia with me and me and him had like a kind of a fired up conversation on the Patreon because there's a lot of shit that happened this week and we were like going through all of it. But the most important part was that I thought it was when you go out and do comedy and when I'm sitting there like writing jokes and making funny videos, I go, you know, when you talk about the cancel thing or coming up with a good point, that's the, th I was like, I got so much more excited about that. I get fucking fired up my body. You know, I get jazzed and it really is. You're like, Oh, maybe I'm like a, you know, the champagne socialist. I'm a champagne capitalist. <laughs> like I, but no, I, you know, I go both ways. Sometimes I'm the other thing where I get freaking jazzed up about that. But the mo most thing, you know, I like analyzing the issues, but I'm far more concerned with like really good pieces of art and making like hours. And that's the, that's the thing that I'm like excited that I get to keep doing. And it's been cool to have everyone be coming out to the shows next week. I'm releasing the feminist uh, mom video was one of my, one of my bigger videos and I'm doing a pretty funny one. That was the feminist homeschool. So it's feminist mom again. She's back. She's back. And she's, um, this is what it looks like when a f the feminist mom's homeschooling, but it has one of my favorite lines that was really making me laugh. And the idea was, so she's talking about how babies are made and she goes, so babies are made when sex takes place between a trans man and a trans woman or a trans man and a man or a trans woman and a woman or in some cases, a man and a woman. <laughs> it took me a while to get that line out when we were filming, but now I got it. And I was like, ah, me and Danny were laughing. So I think that's a pretty funny one. That'll be out Monday. Tune in the Patreon if you want to hear my conversation with Chris from Brooklyn. I've been Ryan Long. Thank you for subscribing to The Boys Cast. Oh.